Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to an NCAA Tournament edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you the day after an eventful selection Sunday for the state of Iowa and Iowa State University as well. We've got lots to talk about later in the show. We are going to bring on Tommy Birch to talk about the Big 12 tournament champion Iowa State women's program who will open the NCAA tournament as a five seed against Bill Fennelly's former program Toledo on Saturday in Knoxville, Tennessee. But in, but we're, right now we're going to start with the men who we don't know who they're playing as they will face the first four winner between Mississippi State and Pittsburgh on Friday in Greensboro, North Carolina after those two teams face off in Dayton, Ohio, Iowa State, a six seed, Mississippi State, and Pitt, both 11 seeds. Randy, we talked a little bit on our podcast immediately after the selection show on Sunday about Iowa State seeding, and we both thought that this was uh, a pretty good spot, a pretty fair spot for Iowa State, being one seed line away uh, on the master seed list from being a five. Seems fair. Interesting matchups. I think one of these teams is certainly more advantageous for Iowa State to play than the other, but certainly I don't think a, an unfair draw for them, even though you know both teams are Power 5 programs. You probably would rather be facing a uh, Missouri Valley team if you were Iowa State, but in terms of a draw, it seems fair enough for Iowa State. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, and I'm, I don't know if I'm Iowa State. I'd rather – I'd want to play Drake. But but uh, um, anyway, as you were saying last night, that we're one seed line away from from potentially playing Drake in the first round, the way it, the way it looked like, and I can I can just envision could have envisioned that game now. I mean, with Drake having the chip on its shoulder um, because Iowa State won't play them anymore, or, or they don't play the Big Four Classic anymore. But but anyway, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good bracket. Um, for Iowa State, I don't, I don't see anybody really daunting. Maybe, especially, I don't see anybody daunting in the in the in the first round. Although I th- I'm guessing, um, Pitt will be a lot of people's pick in that in that game. But uh, um, um, and that'd be interesting. Former Cyclone Blake Henson plays for for Pittsburgh, but uh, um, yeah. I, I don't see anything too daunting there, given the fact that Iowa State's coming out of the Big 12, the best conference in the country. Um, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of problem there, but let's remember a number 11 seed last year went to the NCAA, NCAA Sweet 16 also, and yeah, that would be Iowa State. So I, you know, I guess anything can happen in that respect. But uh, um, I, I think whoever Iowa State plays, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think that uh, that Iowa State certainly should be favored, and maybe, maybe you've seen point spreads already, and I'm totally wrong. I've not seen any. No, I mean I think you know an 11 seed has gotten out of the first round in four of the last five NCAA tournaments. You can't say years because we didn't have a tournament in 2020, but in four of the last five NCAA tournaments, an 11 seed who's played in the first four has made it to the second round twice in those five tournaments. 
they've advanced to the Sweet 16 or beyond. And once UCLA in the Indianapolis bubble tournament of 2021 made the final four. So certainly a dangerous team could emerge for date from Dayton for Iowa State. But to me, like the options of who you want to play are pretty obvious between Pittsburgh and Mississippi State. Pittsburgh 77 in Kempom. Mississippi State is 49. Pretty wide disparity there. But to me, it goes beyond that, beyond just wanting the the lower rated team if you're an Iowa State fan. Randy, if you look at the metrics, Pittsburgh offensively 24th in the country, defensively 142nd. In creating turnovers, Pittsburgh is 265th in the country in creating turnovers. Mississippi State is the flip side of this, 164th in offense, 6th in defense, 23rd in creating turnovers. And Randy, what we've seen from Iowa State this year is when they have to go strength on strength in terms of defense versus defense, a team that has a similar profile to them, they struggle. And teams that can turn over teams cause Iowa State a lot of struggle. Whereas when they've played strength on strength and opposite, their defense against a good offense, look just back to the Baylor games in in recent weeks here. That's been advantageous for them, especially when that team does not pressure or create a lot of turnovers. And so for me, like it, it is very clear that Iowa State would prefer a Pittsburgh upset of Mississippi State because if they get Mississippi State, you know, I think they will be favored in that game. It'll probably be a one or two point spread, but that is a profile of a team that can give Iowa State serious problems. Yeah, they're, they're like you said, they're very they're very similar um, teams. Iowa State averages sixty eight points, and and excuse me, Mississippi State averages. I'm just going by the raw numbers now. 60, 66 points. Iowa State's defensive average is sixty two, and Mississippi State's defensive average is sixty one. So those are just the raw numbers now. So yeah, it's it's um, um, and 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 uh, TJ threw out a nugget last night. Yesterday, that um, um, Chris Jans, the Mississippi State coach from Wapsie Valley, gave him his first job in 2004 at at Chip- I think it was 2004 at Chipola. So um, that's that's kind of interesting. Also, um, I kind of remember Chris Jans a little bit back when I was doing high school covering high school sports. Um, I kind of remember him a little bit playing for Wapsie Valley. So um, yeah, I. I I would, yeah, the Mississippi State game. I would, I would think Iowa State doesn't doesn't want, like you said, Iowa State does doesn't. Iowa State would rather play a team that it's different than, and that would be that would be Pittsburgh than a team that it's like, which would be Mississippi State for sure. Um, um, and in the and in the and in the uh, um, in the wings is. Xavier waiting, you know, Xavier's waiting in the wings. Yeah. And I think too, like, I believe Iowa state is playing much better basketball than it was during that four game losing streak uh, before it beat Baylor in back-to-back games. But I, I, I do think that they are, but I also think it's fair to wonder, you know, when they lose by 13 to Kansas in the semifinals, how much could that resurgence be? about the mismatches and styles of play against Baylor where you know they beat Baylor by 15 points twice in the regular season. That's a good matchup for Iowa State. They beat them 
in the the Big 12 tournament, you know, how much of this resurgence is Baylor specific? Maybe it's a small percentage. I don't know, but I do think it's worth wondering as you look at what Iowa State has done the last month of the season and who they have coming up on Friday afternoon in Greensboro. I mean, Randy, what do you think? Is this a matter of matchup or is Iowa State this rejuvenated, reorganized, you know, refocused team heading in the NCAA tournament? I tend to lean on that side, but I also do wonder, you know, how much of that is just because they got a favorable matchup when things were, uh, you know, darkest before they're dawn. Well, I think Iowa State was Iowa State players were maybe maybe were even doubting themselves. I know they say they don't, but but before the Baylor game in Waco at the end of the regular season, like you said, they were in a dark place at the, at that point in time, and they needed they needed that victory in the in the worst way. And I and I maybe you and I have talked about that. I know I've talked about it with other people. But that Baylor game at the end of the regular season maybe was is TJ's finest moments as a coach. Um, the way he rejuvenated, as you said, that lineup, that locker room, the way it rejuvenated itself with with the victory that was much needed at that point in time when the program was in a bad spot. Um, um, and then, and then, it, and then it, the carryover factor against Baylor in the in the NCAA tournament. And you and I were both in the locker room after in the locker room after that game in Kansas City, and that was a pretty hopping locker room. I mean, those those guys were were having fun again. Um, we don't get in the locker room um, and, unless it's the postseason, and I can't imagine the the that during that four game losing streak that that locker room was any fun place to be, but. But and we could tell that from the body language on the floor during those during those late season losses. But but I didn't see a smidge of 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 bad body language. Yeah, I mean in the NCAA tournament or in the in the Big Twelve, and and that's even included in the loss um, against against Kansas. So I think I think that that whole thing that rejuvenation was something that Iowa needed. Iowa State needed. They've got. I think they probably got their confidence back, um, and they they've got confidence from what from what everybody is. All the players say is that playing in the Big Twelve it prepares you for the NCAA tournament. Which maybe that's a cliche sometimes, but but certainly Iowa State's not seeing anything that it hasn't already seen. And Iowa State can just go back to last year in the NCAA tournament and say, hey. This, we got to the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. And yes, the LSU in the first round was extenuating circumstances. A lot of it was extenuating circumstances. Iowa State played well, don't get me wrong, but Baylor, half the team was in, or LSU, half the team was in the portal at that point in time, and they had an interim coach. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think this is about as, as good a draw that Iowa State could have hoped for. Well, let's assume or give Iowa State the benefit of the doubt that they are playing better basketball and better basketball to win as the higher rated seed, whether it is Pittsburgh or Mississippi State that comes out of Dayton and Iowa State advances to Sunday in the second round where Xavier is expected to be there as the three seed playing Kennesaw State. If the Musketeers are there, I think that's a decent enough matchup for Iowa State for a lot of reasons, although certainly it's going to be an uphill battle. But in terms of 
the stylistic components that we just talked about, Randy. Xavier's top 10 in offense, but outside the top, they're 70th in defense. So that there's that push-pull that I think works in Iowa State's favor schematically. Xavier doesn't take care of the ball particularly well. They're outside the top 125 in turnover percentage. They don't turn their opponents over. So that's going to be – would be an important matchup to watch that they're – would they be able to pressure Iowa State and then would they be able to withstand Iowa State's pressure where I would get concerned if I'm an Iowa State fan and certainly if I'm a member of that Iowa State staff is that Xavier shoots the hell out of it. They're third in the country shooting almost 40% from three. They don't shoot a ton of threes, but when you shoot 40%, you don't need to, to get a lot up. Iowa State's okay at defending the three-point line, but when you get into just a 40-minute basketball game, a team that is a confident three-point shooting team it would make me very nervous as any coach in any matchup just because that is such a powerful weapon across basketball, and certainly it feels like its its weight is felt even more heavily in the NCAA tournament. And the other thing is Xavier shares the ball really well. They whip it around. They're top 10 in the country in assist percentage. And teams that are able to move the ball with the pass against Iowa State's no middle defense that are able to cut and move and spread it around and kick it, that, that causes problems for that no middle defense you know, against a team that's maybe a little bit more sedentary offensively and doesn't share it as well. So I think that is, if you're going to be a six seed going up against a three in terms of stylistic components, that's a, probably a pretty good draw for Iowa State. And certainly you were never going to get a slam dunk or something you feel great about. But I do think you know, that does set up okay for Iowa State to get uh, Sean Miller's team, who have, features a former Hawkeye in uh, Jack Nungy. But decent enough. If Iowa State's able to get through that first game, whether it's Pitt or Mississippi State, I think they go into that game against Xavier feeling like they have a real shot of reaching the Sweet 16 for the second time in two years. Yeah, and one thing we haven't talked about, we've, we've not talked about individuals, but I'm look, but let's see how Taman Lipsy responds. I mean, he, he did all right in the Big 12 tournament. Let's see how this true freshman from Bames High School responds at his first NCAA tournament. I suspect he might be a little bit shaky the first few possessions, but but after that, I assume Gabe and – and and um, you know some of those guys, um, Jared Williams and Shoon and and Jared Holmes and Shoon, those guys will will calming down. When we come back, we'll talk Iowa State women's basketball and their NCAA tournament draw with the registers Tommy Birch on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 14.6 XNO. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. If you missed any of our discussion about the Iowa State men's program's draw as a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, be sure to check out the podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. We'll be there. We being Randy Peterson and Travis Hines, but now we're going to be joined by the Register's Tommy Birch, who will be in Knoxville, Tennessee, this weekend covering the Iowa State women's basketball program as a number five seed, taking on Toledo, former uh, home to Iowa State uh, women's basketball coach Bill Fennelly before he came became a Cyclone. I think about midway through Randy's tenure at the uh, the Des Moines Register. It's been so long. But Tommy, give us your thoughts on the. Uh, it wasn't the nice. Draw. 
Yeah, it is. You guys are just you've been around a long time. You're you're, uh, you're achievers. Tommy, your thoughts <laughs> on, on the the matchup, not Randy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good matchup for Iowa State. I mean, obviously, early on, especially when you're a five seed, you never know what you're going to get. But I think for Iowa State, it's a it's a decent opponent. It's going to be a challenging opponent. It's a team. That won the MAC uh, regular season title, won the postseason title, and has been playing really uh, good basketball lately. So, um, but Iowa State, you know, I think the biggest question going into selection Sunday was: Is Iowa State going to be a team that that earns one of those top four seeds and ends up hosting? And you know, I think ideally, yeah, you get one of those top four seeds, you get better, you know, obviously a better seed, easier opponent, you're playing at home, all that stuff, but. This is uh, probably a decent consolation for Iowa State if you're not going to host. Hey, Tommy, I got a question here. I was, I was, um, I watched the uh, every possession of the Iowa State women yesterday on TV. I mean, you watched it in person, but, but from what I was seeing on TV and what I've seen late in the season, Ash is getting, Ashley Jones is getting beaten. Is is really getting banged around inside the in the post area? Um, is is that true? And yeah, I know that that's Texas's thing is is to be physical, but um, she seems to be holding her own pretty good in there, right? Yeah, and I think that's essentially part of the game plan is they want her down the post, they want her drawing contact, they want her going to the free throw line. If you've you kind of watch that's kind of been Iowa State's MO over the last couple of years. Obviously, that changed a little bit once they got Stephanie Suarez and some real big help in the post. But it kind of took Iowa State some time to kind of revert back to that way. And it was a really tough line for them to to balance because the feedback they got going into this season was what Iowa State, what Ashley Jones has to do to improve her draft stock will show she can shoot the three. You know, if she really wants to move up into that first round category, she's got to be able to shoot the three. And to be able to show you got to shoot the three or that you can do it, you got to be shooting a lot. So I think they kind of moved away from that a little bit partially because of what they had with Stephanie Suarez and then partially to help Ashley Jones. But then once she went down, you know, I think they wanted to go back to that game. And it took a little time to get into that rhythm and figured out that this is what she was doing last year and this is what she is good at too. But I think it also speaks volumes just to, like, man, her toughness. She is one tough woman. I mean, she she can take some hits. Every possession you're seeing her almost go to the ground and get knocked down. But I think as long as she as long as fouls are getting called, they're happy with that. You know, Tommy Nye was playing, she was a huge X factor. Um, in both games, but especially against or in the last two games, especially against Texas, did that <clears throat> excuse me long range shooting of hers, the consistency with which she was making those shots, did that surprise you? Yeah, I mean we haven't seen that level of consistency from her um all season, but like man, we we have seen her, we have seen her have some pretty big games, some pretty big moments, but you know I think this tournament pretty much epitomized like okay what. Uh, kind of how it's gone for do where during the, the Baylor game, you know, she could barely stay in the game. She picked up two fouls in a span of four seconds. That's not an exaggeration. She was in foul trouble most of that game, but then comes back in the Oklahoma game 
scores in 19 points and becomes a huge X factor for Iowa State, which they've been searching for all season. At times they found it, and if you look at when um, Iowa State has really played its best basketball, they've found that X factor. They've had somebody else step forward because I think to a sense you know what you're going to get from Ashley Jones. You know what you're going to get from Lexi Donarski and Emily Ryan, but if somebody else can step up and and get some valuable points, whether that be do uh, Danae Fritz or, or somebody else, that's what really takes Iowa state to the next level and, and allow them to have this success that they did over the weekend. Talking to Tommy Birch from the register about the Iowa state women's basketball program. Tommy, I'm curious, this team entered the season with such high expectations. And I think it was a struggle to reach them. Certainly after the, the Suarez injury, but going into the NCAA tournament, now with a Big 12 tournament championship in tow, does that remove a lot of the pressure for Iowa State to try to, you know, they've already achieved something tangible this year by winning the first conference tournament title in over 20 years for Iowa State. Does that remove some of the pressure and allow them to just go out there and play rather than to, to try to, you know, quote-unquote salvage a season with something special, you know, after kind of, not failing to live up to, but not achieving, I think, what they had set out to achieve in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the question that is, it's kind of the same question we found ourselves asking about the Iowa State men a few years ago when they won the Big Ten title or Big 12 title, too. You know, it's uh, like, what what is the, the barometer mm-hmm. for a successful season? I think right now, um, I think that that pretty much is at this point, like, okay. Anything else Iowa State does is gravy. Tommy, when you look at this draw and you look at what Iowa State had last year to reach the Sweet 16, you know how navigable is this where you're expecting them to be alive in, in the week two of the NCAA tournament for the second straight year? Man, it's going to be really, really tough. I mean, obviously, you, you have a good Toledo team, but then you've got Tennessee, which could be playing on its home court in front of a ton of fans and a really tough Tennessee team as it is um, standing in the way of being in the Sweet 16. It's going to be a tough road to navigate. But, man, like if you would have told me Iowa State was going to be winning the Big 12 championship, beating the teams that did um, the way it did, I wouldn't believe that. So I think this team, what they did over the weekend at the Big 12 tournament really opened up opportunities for them and maybe kind of raised um, the ceiling for what they could do. He's Tommy Birch. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Together, we'll have plenty of coverage for you, both from the Iowa State women in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the Iowa State men in Greensboro, North Carolina. I will be back here in Des Moines providing coverage of the uh, Des Moines Regional for the Register, and we'll obviously have plenty of coverage from all three, not to mention with our Drake and University of Iowa counterparts, where you will get all the basketball coverage you could possibly ever want this week on DesMoinesRegister.com. For Tommy Birch, for Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.